if you think about the traditional definition of being a CEO, many of the things that are being done that you are doing now is probably the reason why you call yourself a CEO. But the difference between a CEO of a company and you with CEO on your business card is that that company is not a company of one. Now, if you really want to be a CEO, you have to realize that you are also responsible for hiring leaders. You're listening to the Move to Millions podcast with Dr. Darnell Jervy Harmon, the place to be for high level conversations about all things millions. Your mission, mindset, methodologies, mandate, movement, messaging, marketing, metrics, and most definitely your money. I am your host, spiritual business growth coach, Dr. Darnell J. Harmon. Join me each week for inspiring stories, powerful interviews, and business growth strategy to help you experience abundance in your life because of your business. If you're ready to move to your next level everything, let's get this party started. This episode is powered by the Move to Millions Tour. If you are ready to figure out what it's going to take to prepare to become a CEO that makes and moves millions, and you can get to Washington, D.C., Atlanta, Georgia, and Newark, Delaware, learn more at movetomillionsevent.com forward slash tour. Okay, so today I'm going to burst a couple of bubbles and step on quite a few toes. But I want you to know that I'm doing this because I love you, because I appreciate you, and because I see more for you than what you see for yourself. Today, we're gonna talk all about this word that you have on your business card, who you want to be perceived as in the marketplace, but aren't really quite ready to step in those shoes. We're gonna talk about being a CEO. Now, I believe that it takes a CEO to know a CEO. And so my hope, my prayer, my positioning today is to kind of give you some success clues of actually what it means to be a CEO so that you can get there. It is absolutely okay that you're not there today. Listen, you've heard me say a million times, no one goes to bed a blunder and wakes up a wonder. No one goes to bed at six figures and wakes up at seven. No one goes to bed with the thought of having a company and wakes up the next day as a CEO. So firstly, what I wanna do is I wanna define CEO for you. And then I wanna share some of the biggest mistakes that I see entrepreneurs make that have millions on their mind that actually derail their ability to become a million dollar CEO. Because so many of you, you have CEO on your business card, but you don't really conduct yourselves accordingly. For the record, when I say CEO, I mean it in the traditional sense, right? You cannot have a million dollar company if you don't think, act, move, and make decisions like a CEO. Since I've been growing my business, and as you know, this company has been around for 14 years, we've been successful in business for 11, I've always thought about Bank of America. Now that might be when I was, because when I was in corporate America, I worked for a company called MBNA America Bank. MBNA was bought by Bank of America circa 2005. I left the company in 2004 was when I put in my notice and walked out the doors in April of 2005. And I believe the end of that year, early 2006, Bank of America was now the name of the company. And so every time I think about being a CEO and sitting in the CEO seat and thinking and acting and making decisions like the CEO of my own company, I 
myself, would the CEO of Bank of America be doing this? Now, you might think that I'm a little bit too pie in the sky to be immediately going to being this billion dollar corporation and thinking of a CEO that way. But let me just share this with you. You have to see it before you see it so that you actually get to experience it. And so I instantly go to thinking like the CEO of Bank of America. It helps me to stop sweating the small stuff, stop spending time on the tasks that are not for my best and highest good and that I quite honestly don't do in the best possible way. And it really opens me up to make sure that I'm delegating in my business. Now, let's just keep it real. I don't run a... I don't even know how many employees they have at Bank of America. So let's just guesstimate that they have 50,000 employees, right? I don't run a company that's big. Right now, we have seven full-time employees. We have another seven contractors that serve in various capacities. We're looking at a team of about 15, not including myself, right? 15 people is what we're looking at. Now, as I define CEO for you, and this is based on what I found online, It's a chief executive officer. It's the highest ranking executive of a firm. CEOs often act like the public face and make major corporate decisions. Now, let's just dissect that right there. CEOs act as the company's public face. You got that part on lock. You are your business, right? When people are hiring you right now, they are literally hiring you. Whereas when people hire me today, they're actually hiring my company because I've put some different things in place, right? And it says, and they make major corporate decisions, even though you might be in a small business or a micro business, depending upon the definition you go with from the SBA or the IRS, you have got to make decisions that are actually expanding your reach and increasing your footprint in the marketplace, right? As a CEO, according to this definition, you are responsible for implementing existing plans and policies and ensuring the successful management of the business and setting future strategy. Now, I know as you're listening to me, you probably think that you're doing some of those things and you probably are, right? I believe that the CEO's ultimate responsibility is for the success or failure of the organization, And as a result of that, the CEO is the person who oversees every function in the company. But catch this, the CEO doesn't perform every function in the company. See, right now you are the CEO and you are overseeing every function in the company. You're also nine times out of 10 performing every function in the company. And that's okay, right? The journey from six figures to seven figures is not entirely a black and white journey. And I love that you're calling yourself a CEO, but I wanna make sure that I equip you so that you have a true understanding of what it is to be a CEO and then ultimately what it looks like to be the CEO of a million dollar plus company, right? So. If you think about the traditional definition of being a CEO, many of the things that are being done that you are doing now is probably the reason why you call yourself a CEO. But the difference between a CEO of a company and you with CEO on your business card is that that company is not a company of one. Now, if you really want to be a CEO, you have to realize that you are also responsible for hiring leaders, for building out an executive management team, and also making sure that you are establishing the culture, the core values, and the vision of the company. You're going to be bringing people in to participate in the journey of taking your company to and beyond the million dollar mark. And those people are going to 
include some of the key functional areas, finances, right? You might not start with a chief financial officer or CFO. You might just bring on a really great CPA and tax strategist, right? You might need a chief marketing officer. Again, you won't start with a CML, but you might bring on a marketing manager or an online marketing manager or a marketing director that oversees all of the marketing that happens within your organization. Now today, nine times out of 10, you're the one that's facilitating the marketing department. And that's okay, right? No one goes to bed a blunder and wakes up a wonder. But there does become a time if you truly want to step into being a CEO that you're going to have to bring on other people in order to be able to allow yourself to strategically preside over the company. Listen, I get it. This past year, we hired five full-time employees. We still have some open positions. We're actually really close to extending another offer for what will be our eighth full-time employee. Okay. It's a lot of work to be the CEO. And the more people we hire, the less I'm doing in the day-to-day and the service delivery for our clients. Because the CEO isn't, the E isn't for everything. The E truly is for executive presidership. The CEO is also responsible for making sure that the strategies that are developed are actually trickling down to every layer of management. Now, as a small business, you're probably not going to have a lot of layers, right? Today, it's you and maybe a virtual assistant. We'll talk about that in a second. Eventually, it should be you And then you should have an operations filter. So you should have either an operations manager or a director of operation. And then that segments your three teams. Now, I teach that your three teams are your operations team, your talent or fulfillment team, and your sales or enrollment team. So operations is going to include the majority of the business, right? In our operations department, we put marketing, Some people put marketing and sales together. It depends on you. It it works either way, right? But I see marketing as an operational initiative and not a sales initiative. And so therefore, that's why we separate it out. Now, it facilitates the sales process, right? But marketing by itself doesn't guarantee a sale. So that's why I personally lump it under operations. Talent or fulfillment, those are the service providers. Right now, you more than likely are the talent department just like you might be the majority of what's in the operations department. Let me back up for a second and let's put some more definition around what's in the operations department. Operations department is going to include your marketing team and all of the things that go along with marketing. So if you have a separate copywriter, if you have a separate graphic designer or branding person, if you have a person who does your technology, your websites, your search engine optimization, right? Operations is also going to include human resources and payroll as you start building out your team, right? Those are going to be functions that are a part of the operations department as you will have it. Operations is also going to include your finances, right? It's going to be your CPA and your bookkeeper. You should have both in case you are wondering, right? Your operations is also going to include your legal, your contracts attorney, your small business IP attorney. All of those people are going to be part of your operations team, right? And then you have, again, your talent team. Your talent team 
are the people that are responsible for the fulfillment of service. So this could include, depending upon the type of business you run, if you're an interior designer, these are your junior designers, right? If you're an accountant, these are your junior accountants or bookkeepers. If you are an attorney, these are your paralegals and your associates. If you're a coach, these are your coaches. These are the people who are actually working with your clients day in and day out. If you are a speaker or you run a company where you get booked to speak at conferences, these would be your other speakers, right? Now you could have, like, let's say you run a software company and your software was developed for small businesses. You might have speakers on your fulfillment or talent team that go out and speak at entrepreneurial conferences to get more people to get your software, right? So that's your talent team. And then your sales team or your enrollment team is the sales functionality. So those are at minimum going to be your inside sales reps or social sales reps. Those are the people who are handling the opportunities that come into the business. And then your outside sales reps, those are the people that are going out and prospecting for opportunities for your business. And then your account executives or your closers, those are going to be the people that actually close the sales. And initially, you might not have a sales manager or more than likely the sales manager is you. And then eventually you might actually bring or some, on someone who's part of your sales management team. So that as the CEO, you actually are starting to put an infrastructure in place that speaks to the organization of your company and covers the major areas that need to be defined and that need to be worked in every single day inside of the company. Also part of general operations, I don't even know how I forgot this, would be your executive assistant. Now, typically when you start your business and where you might be today, as you're listening into this podcast episode, you as the CEO may only have an executive assistant and your executive assistant is making up the majority of your operations team. You are the talent team and the sales team. That's probably what it looks like today. And I just want you to know that although you call yourself a CEO, you are not actually the CEO. I want to actually even suggest to you that you not get so caught up in the title and focus more on making sure that you are setting your business up to be a success, right? Because again, you're not really a CEO during your first few years of business. You're still trying to figure out what is required of your company and how do you consistently make money so that you eliminate the feast or famine that might be happening inside of your business, right? I remember back to when I first started my company. Oh, this was a sad time <laughs> journey with me. 2007, you guys know this story. I finished the second pink Cadillac and instead of being excited and elated, I felt a little deflated, right? I went to bed that night and said, God, show me what it is you have next for me because this ain't it. And that's when I saw myself walking into the building that had the marquee that read Incredible One Enterprises. So when I did finally wake up the next day and start thinking about this business, I was trying to figure out what in the devil an Incredible One Enterprise was. And I'll be honest with you, I did not immediately leap to calling myself a CEO. I was really just trying to figure out how this bad boy was going to make some money. How was I going to avoid the diminishing bank account that I had, right? I was living at a certain level. And although when I left corporate America, I had nearly $200,000 in cash, not including my 401k, 
that money went away really, really quickly once I stopped selling Mary Kay and was trying to figure this business out. The first nine months that I was technically, I've got my fingers in the air quotes, the CEO of Incredible One Enterprises. Yeah, I was anything, but we weren't creating any money. I didn't even really know who I was and what I was doing. And that's part of the reason why we found ourselves filing bankruptcy and me going back to work for two years, right? So back then, the last thing on my mind was trying to entitle be the CEO of my company. I had to figure out how I was actually going to make this business viable so that I could become unemployable. That was my big goal back then. How can I become unemployable? And it took me a few years to actually figure it out. And so instead of trying to be the CEO, I was trying to figure out how to get my head above water, right? I was trying to figure out how to simplify the way that I was going to earn money because there are so many ways, even back then, that you could earn money in your business. And for me, it wasn't about trying to do all the things, although in the early years, out of desperation and a lack mindset, I did spend a lot of time doing all the things. I had to figure out what my core business was going to be. It was literally a business. It wasn't a company. See, I think that's another distinction. CEOs don't run businesses. They run companies, right? It takes one to know one. That's why I'm trying to hook you to the game so that you know exactly what it is that you need to do. So what I would tell those of you who have aspirations to make millions of dollars in your company, your mind is on millions. And today you're attempting to operate as the CEO of your own company, but you've just crossed the six-figure mark. I would tell you to slow down and let's put a framework in place that will get you to the role of CEO, but allows you do, to do it in a way that serves and supports all that you are, that prevents you from hustling and grinding and limits the amount of time you spend as the bottleneck in your business. Because right now, your name is in every box on the org chart, maybe with the exception of your executive assistant. And so there are probably three things that I would tell you I would want you to focus on before you get caught up in being the CEO, right? Save that for later because there is a time and a place for it. Right now, I want you to get really, really clear about the problem that it is that you solve for the client that you can provide a solution that they've been unsuccessful identifying on their own. That's the first thing I want you to do. I want you to get very, very clear about the problem you solve. First things first, CEOing, it ain't easy and it's for later. Today, it's really just about making sure that you are crystal clear about your business and your business model and how you make money. Because you don't wanna be the CEO of something that's not making money, right? It's just a title, it's an egotistical thing. You gotta have to let it go. So number one, get crystal clear about the problem that it is that you solve. Number two, I want you to start tracing the steps that you take when you get success in your business, right? So once you identify the problem and then you start articulating that problem that you're solving in the marketplace and it brings you prospective clients and you actually get those clients to become clients, I want you to make sure that you are documenting that. I want you to document. This is probably one of the biggest CEO moves you can make. I don't want you to document just to document. I want you to document once you've gotten success. One of the things that helped me to quickly shift from being the only person on my team to bringing on that first assistant 
And I always had employees and not contractors. But bringing on that first assistant, she worked for me, I think it was like 25 hours a week initially. And then eventually we bumped her up to to 40 hours a week was documenting the successful processes, taking the time step by step to write down what was going to be necessary in order to achieve the goal that I wanted to achieve every single time I performed that specific task. So that as I brought on my executive assistant, I was now in a position to begin delegating. Actually, we were starting the beginning process of having SOPs and developing our operational infrastructure, right? So that was probably the second thing that I would say to do. And let me just also say this. At this point in time in your business, instead of trying to be the CEO, become the master of sales and marketing or marketing and sales. Marketing comes before sales. You are not the CEO of insert the name of your company. In the early years, I was not the CEO of Incredible One Enterprises. I really was a representative of Incredible One Enterprises. I was the marketing and sales department. I was the marketing and sales rep. I was the marketing and sales manager. I was in the business of figuring out how to market and therefore sell my products and services so that I could get myself to the point where I would actually have something to CEO. I just wanted to let that breathe for a second. See, it takes a CEO to be able to tell you who is actually ready to be a CEO. Let me tell you when you're ready to be a CEO. Your business is now generating consistently 30 to $50,000 a month in revenue. In addition to an executive assistant, you've got a few talent team members. You might even have a person who's helping you outside of your executive assistant. Maybe you've now pulled those functions away from your EA and now you're starting to form a marketing team and you're starting to form a sales team. CEOing is not just about the infrastructure needs, right? And understanding the vision and the hierarchy strategy of the company. It's also about making sure that you have resource enough to build out the team for you to CEO. I've always believed that when you're at the stage in your business where you're making six figures, calling yourself a CEO is kind of overrated. I know, I just stepped on some toes and I apologize because I'm not trying to invalidate the work that you've done and, and where you've gotten. I don't wanna diminish the significance of getting your business to the six figure mark. That's not what I'm looking to do. But if you've got your eyes on the million dollar level inside of your business, spending your time and your energy on something that doesn't really matter, i.e. your title, is the fastest way to be distracted from getting to the goal. The way you get to truly become a a CEO is to master the marketing and sales process and substantially increase your revenue. Because now you've got resource enough to go and hire people who have the skill sets that you could do enough to get by, but could actually take your business to the next level. As we hired in our company this year, we brought on an operations manager. We brought on a marketing manager. We brought on some management level positions to help to oversee what has been being done by the members of the team over the last 10 to 11 years. Now we're ready to put in another layer between me and the members of the team because we understand our vision and our infrastructure needs in order to truly build a company. The day you started your business, it was a business. 
It was an opportunity to become self-employed and be the person solely responsible for your livelihood. And it's an amazing day. I remember the day very well in my own business. And I'm talking about the second time after leaving the job that I worked for two years at the Women's Business Center and coming back into full-time entrepreneurship on January 1st, 2011. I was excited. I was truly going to be self-employed. That year, we did six figures in the business. I didn't pay myself six figures, but we did six figures. And I immediately began to bring on team. See, for me, in the early years, it was less about how much money I made. I mean, I was a single girl. I was living in a modest home. I was driving a modest car. I had enough to be able to live really well without wishing I still had a job. But it allowed me to keep reinvesting in my business so that I could grow the business. If you ask me, that's like CEO level decisioning, right? I was not thinking about the moment that I was in and what I could have at that moment. I was thinking about where I was going. I was always seeing down the line. And because I was seeing down the line, I was putting myself in a position to be able to get there sooner. And then the next year, I brought on a marketing person and I just kept adding people to the team that allowed me to minimize the number of boxes my name was in because I had a desire to be a CEO. Now, you guys know the story. The first time we did a lot of hiring after we crossed the million dollar mark, I crashed and burned. I couldn't take it. I had to work on my leadership ability. See, that's something else you have to do as a CEO. You have to be prepared to lead and you might have to learn how to lead. And I had to go back and do the work, which is why I killed the big, fat, ugly monster and started over again. And this time as I do it, it's a light and airy feeling. It's something that I can be excited about. I'm excited about the people on the team. I'm excited about the role that they play in the vision that I've created. I'm excited about watching them live out the strategies that I have created to move the business forward now that I am actually the CEO of the company, which I think is really, really important that you think about. At this point in time, your job, if you desire to get to the million dollar mark, is to really tighten the foundation of your company. Really spend some time thinking through elements like your offers, your offer suite, right? Really perfecting your messaging or your messaging suite and developing your marketing and your sales suite. Those are the first $4 million assets. I'm going to do an entire episode all on the million dollar assets for you. That'll be coming up soon. But for now, it takes one to know one and it's okay that you're not a CEO yet. It's coming. You're in the right place to learn exactly what you need to be focused on if you truly want to become a CEO that makes and moves millions. But for now, you've got work to do. And that work is on mastering marketing and sales to get your revenue consistently generating at $30,000 a month or more so that you can begin to hire a team, so that you can pay yourself really, really well. Like I believe that you quit your good job to do better and you wanna be able to pay yourself extremely well, right? At $30,000 a month consistently in your business, you're generating $360,000 a year. Even with setting aside money for taxes and being able to bring on at least one, if not two key team members, 
you're going to be able to pay yourself pretty close to $100,000 a year. My general rule of thumb is if you want to pay yourself six figures, your business needs to do four times that. So you're just about there at $30,000 a month, right? So if we take $400,000 and we divide that by 12 months, that's $33,333.33 a month. When you get there, you're now in a position to pay yourself six figures and you can truly begin the ascent to becoming a million dollar CEO because there will be something the CEO. Your foundation is laid because you're consistently making that level of money every single month, which keep in mind that roughly 10% of all businesses make that kind of money a month inside of their business out of the 31 million businesses that there are in the United States, right? So now you've got something to CEO. The processes that you've put in place, they are working. They can be tightened so your operational infrastructure is really sound so that it, as you start to bring people on your team and you increase in your leadership and your management abilities, they've got processes to mirror and to reflect and to validate that what they're doing day in and day out is helping you to achieve your goal. There's a hierarchy to becoming a CEO. And unfortunately, it doesn't start when you get your business card made because you've decided to create your own business. It starts once you've laid a really firm foundation for your company, you've got a very, very clear business model, and you know exactly how you're making money every single month, and the money that you're making is coming in with some level of predictability. And we'll get you there. Listen, CEOing ain't easy, and it takes one to know one, and if you stick with me, I will show you exactly how to become a million-dollar CEO. I'll see you guys next time. Take care. Thank you for joining me for the Move to Millions podcast. If after listening to this episode, you're ready to stop playing and praying small, you should go grab my Plan for Millions bundle. One thing I know for sure is that before you can make the move, you've got to have the plan. If you enjoyed our time together, do yourself a favor. Head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. Until next time, remember, millions are your birthright. And to access them, all you have to do is move. Take care.